This podcast is produced by Business Aviation Collective and sponsored by LD Aviation. And I was wearing the foggles, um, you know, the little coverings for everyone that doesn't know. It covers the sight of the outside, but you can only see your instruments. I was just like not trusting my instruments and my instructor was like, why are you turning? Like, I was like, I'm not turning, I'm straight and level. Like, no, you're turning. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's like, look at your instruments. Like, you really have to adapt that scan because you can't just focus on one thing. Like, say your focus, ATC tells you to climb. Now, now you're just focused on your altimeter, but then mm-hmm. you don't realize, okay, I'm in a bank too now. You gotta like really focus on that scan. Hello and welcome to the Business Aviation Collective podcast. Today we get a chance to talk to Misha Harrigan. Misha is a winner of the NBAA Scholarship, a Sisters of the Sky Scholarship, the Red Tail Flight Academy Scholarship, and she's also a commercial pilot. Welcome, Misha. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for having me on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today because you have a really great story to let it, to tell us about. And I really think that you'll inspire some of our listeners after hearing your story. So I think, first of all, let's just talk about scholarship winner. That's awesome. You've won a bunch of scholarships. How about we talk about the MBAA one first? So what did you win that scholarship for? So I won the uh, King's School Scheduling and Dispatching course uh, to be able to get my dispatcher's certificate. Um, I'm really excited about getting to finally take that course once I finish all my training, just trying to get my basic ratings out of the way and get all my certificates and I can focus more on getting my dispatcher's license. Okay, awesome. So now you have your private rating, your commercial rating. What's the next rating you're working on? Next rating I'm going to be working on is getting my uh, CFI. Um, For those of you that don't know, it's a certified flight instructor. And CFII as well. And that's for basically just teaching instrument because it's going to be a whole different thing. So I actually start my first lesson tomorrow. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, teaching my instructor. It's like a different perspective because it's like we're going from, oh, you're the student to now my instructor is like the student (laughs) in this scenario. Yeah. It's a whole different perspective on flying and, you know, teaching. That's great. Oh, that's wonderful. So how many hours, remind maybe some of the listeners, how many hours it takes to get a commercial pilot rating? So there's a couple things you need. You're going to need 250 hours to even take the practical exam. Um, you're going to need 50 hours of cross-country time. There's a whole list of requirements that you need. So like you need like 10 hours of nighttime. Um, and okay. uh, yeah, that's you just need, the baseline is like 250. But yeah, that's how much you All need. Right. 250. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So then you have to do some cross country in there. I heard you say, are there any like fun spots that you did on your cross countries? I will. So since I was time boating, I just basically would land. I wouldn't like venture out kind of because I was just like on a mission. So I really am sad that I didn't get to like, you know, actually go and stop places and look around. But um, I would just say any airport that was like a class Charlie, I've never flown into a class brawl of airspace. So like, I just like that whole environment of like when the airlines are coming into and flying, like, I feel like I'm a part of like the big jets, even though I'm in a Piper, I'm like, it's so fun to be able to hear right? like, them talk on the radios and be a part because I like to feel included in you know, I'm special. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And you know, the I big think, airliners are like, oh, look at that little airplane. They think yeah. it's great too. 
Yes. Okay. So you said Piper. That's the type of airplane you're flying right now? Yes, I'm flying um, the Piper. It's a variation of the Piper Archer, so it's called the P100i. I believe it's a 2020 airplane, so it's okay. brand new. It has all the new like glass cockpit, and it's like really nice. Like I learned on originally when I got my private, I learned on the Piper Cherokees. Okay. Um, the one yeah. In the 140, so I still love the Pipers. I'm not really like a Cessna person. <laughs> Flying in a new plane is like flying, like driving a brand new car. It's like really fun, and seeing all the new avionics and stuff is really fun to learn. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I learned on all Cessna stuff when I was spent many years, but I learned all the Cessna. I haven't flown Piper before, so that's no, great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. That's great. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So, okay, so you're gonna go commercial. You got your commercial. You're heading for CFI, CFII. So. Dispatch license is like the ATP that you have when you get, I think, 1,200 hours. Why the dispatch license? So far as like being like being interested in dispatching, it's just because I was just thinking about different career fields I can go down in aviation. I've always been one to think like never be restricted to one career field in aviation because there's just so yeah. many different things that you could do like. One of the other scholarship recipients where I'm at now, he wants to be an aviation lawyer. And I'm like, that's so that's so weird. Like, you know, you never think about all the different things that go into aviation, all the different career fields. I just want to have as many career fields under my belt, even now yeah. being a A&P mechanic. And I'm just, you know, just having different skills and being a well-rounded individual in what I do and what I love is just something that I find important yeah, I applied for the scheduling dispatching scholarship and then I got it because I was like, this is great because, you know, I already have the background knowledge of a pilot. So it's like, being yeah, it's kind of like being a conductor and like scheduling and being in charge of everything. So it seems like. Yeah. A really fun yeah, well, I love it. I've been doing it for over 20 years. And boy, I sure do hope you do decide to come into that side of the aviation world because. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It is like the conductor. You get to kind of tell all the pieces where to go. <laughs> so, yeah, That's I just feel great. like me having the background knowledge to make it like, say I wasn't able to fly anymore is always mm-hmm. another job that I could do, just having multiple skills under my belt. So, really excited. Definitely. Oh, that's so cool and very true. And the, the King Schools, I mean, they're, they've been known for so many years and that's just an awesome course. That'll yeah. be really cool. Excellent. So the MBAA scholarship, what was that process like? And maybe what would you suggest to the next group of people coming down the road applying for those scholarships? So far as like applying for it, it was pretty standard, like applying for any scholarship. You have to do an essay. And far as like just applying for any scholarship in your essay, really be yourself because they can tell like whether you're just being like, you don't want to be like robotic like like, you know, you want to make it personal, kind of like why you want something. So that would be like my advice when you're doing the essays, give personal stories and let them know how interested you are in and how invested you are and how you're determined to, even if you don't get a scholarship, how you're just determined to succeed in aviation or whatever scholarship you apply to, even if it's not in aviation, just showing that passion for that really helps you to get their attention. That's a great tip. Yeah, be personable. They want to get to know who you are and, and why you really want that scholarship. It's a great tip. Yeah. So 
scholarship, you got the MBAA one. So let's go on to the one you won two of them from Sisters of the Sky. So I'd love to know one, what is the what is the organization Sisters of the Sky all about? And what were the scholarships you won won there? Yeah, so the Sisters of the Sky is an organization that was made to basically help black female pilots basically get into aviation through mentorship and guidance and how to like navigate the aviation world as a black female aviator because I believe we make up we make up less than one percent of all pilots, I think in general and professional aviation. So I bet. to be able to see like that representation and see all the women pilots that made it through and how they paved the way and how they're trailblazing the way for other black female pilots and just letting yeah. people know that it's a real possibility that you can do this. Because when I was growing up as a kid, I always loved flying, but I never thought that I could be a pilot like that. That just never crossed my mind. I've never seen like anyone I would go on planes. I never mm-hmm. saw any black female aviators. So yeah. uh, when I was when I graduated high school and it was time for me to pick a career and I brought up aviation, it was just kind of like a like a what you're not gonna be a pilot kind of thing. Like you can't be a pilot, oh. but, you know. Um, so I didn't do it until I got the chance to take a discovery flight, but. Uh, just having that representation really matters, and that's really what the organization Sisters of the Sky is here for, to give black female aviators that representation. That is so cool. It is. You gotta, you gotta be able to see somebody doing it and be like, yeah, okay, I can do that too. I'm, yeah. this, again, I'm a lot older than you, but way long time ago, I wanted to be a fighter jet pilot. I thought that had been so cool, but literally the year I, I, um, graduated high school was the first year they even allowed females. So yeah, representation in your line of work is super important. That's awesome that Sisters of the Sky exists. And I was curious, you said you did a discovery flight. What program, was there a program like Young Eagles or something that you went through on that one? No, I actually, it was actually by accident. Um, My dad, he works for the Census Bureau and he was on a business trip and he met up with a woman named Miss Tanya Austin, and she's a pilot. So he was saying, oh, yeah, my daughter's interested in going into aviation. And she was like, yeah, I know someone in Maryland that has a plane, and he's really into, you know, getting the youth into aviation. So basically, a man named Ferguson Evans, I like to thank him because he's like the whole reason why I started flying. Uh, She gave us his number, and I contacted him, and I was like, yes, I want to be a pilot. Like, what's the best way? to do this and actually become a pilot. And he was giving me just tips and tricks. And then he offered to pick me up in his plane and give me a discovery flight. And that was like wow. the best ever. Like, and it was actually during like COVID too. So I was just, I'm just really grateful that he would like go through that and actually, you know, give me that experience. Cause it was like literally experience of a lifetime. And to fly in a twin engine plane, it was a Cessna 310. That yeah. I got my first discovery flight, I was like, this is amazing. So like as soon as we took off, I was just like instantly I found love because like I was I love flying, but I always I only flew as a passenger and being able to shift that perspective and fly from the pilot's perspective and see how their inputs on the controls move the plane and, you know, just listen to the radios and everything. It was just like a real life changing experience. So I'm very grateful for that discovery flight. Oh, that is that was- awesome. Great story. And you're right. We are really so lucky in this industry to have some people that will give back like that. Yeah. 
That's wonderful. Cool. So, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I was just saying, the ABC is like very like, like everyone wants to see you succeed in there. It's like an amazing community to be part of. Everyone's just cheering you on and they want to see you succeed in it. So it's a very um, like family community to be a part of. It is. It's so funny that, I mean, it's a really big group of people, but it's also really small. Like you eventually seem to know a lot of people, you know, in the industry and hopefully you'll know people on the commercial side and the business side and the general aviation side. That's awesome. So you won two scholarships. What were those scholarships for from Sisters of the Sky? So the first one I won, it was for my time building. At the time when I did win it, I was still working on getting my instrument rating. So I knew that after that, I would need to find some kind of way to build hours and do that cross-country time building because, like I said, you need that 50 hours of cross-country time building for your commercial. And at the time, I think I only had like around 150 hours. Mm -hmm. So I needed 50 more to get to that. I had 160, actually. I needed 50 more to get to that 210 hours for the other scholarship I received for them to start training me. Okay. Um, yeah, so they really helped me with that. And I was like, I'm very grateful that I got a person because without that, I probably would still be trying to time those right now. Right? Because like, what is, I'm so curious, what's the current price per gallon on jet fuel? We don't use jet fuel. Like, we use 100 yeah. loads. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm like in the jet world here. You're right. When, sorry. Okay, but yeah, what is the price for 100 low lead? I think days. it's like six, six to $7. Yeah. Um, it's kind of expensive. So <laughs> Yeah. And then on top of that, I assume you have to, that there's an hourly rate on the airplane. What is an hourly rate going for these days? It really depends on the flight school you go to. The one I went to in Maryland, it was about like 130 or 140 an hour. It could range anywhere from $100. I'm sorry, not 100, but like between like 130 to up to like $250, depending on the plane. Yeah. So it really depends on the flight school. You just have to like go around and check out prices to see which one matches your budget and which one you're more comfortable paying for. But the newer the aircraft, the more money's going to be because, you know, the more maintenance, they're newer aircraft. So more money. Sure. Be them. Yeah, that makes sense. So when I first started flying, we were paying for the the 172 was with the instructor. We were paying twelve dollars and seventy five cents. So, but I think for our audience, so I think they have to realize how expensive to get this to get into this profession it really is. So you're talking, you said we needed 250 hours. We're looking at 130 to 200 dollars per hour for paying for this. It's a big commitment. So these scholarships, like you said, really help out and can make or break the pathway to ATP and commercial and flying for a, for a living. So Yeah, because if you have, like, when I was doing my private, I paid for that all out of pocket. I didn't have any scholarships. So it does take a while when you are, like, you know, working full-time and trying to flight train. And at the time, I was in school for actually one of the semesters when I started, I was in school. And I was just, this is too much. I have to, like, cut out one part and come back later to it. So it's really expensive. I think it took me about... I want to say for my private, it took me maybe like $13,000 total to get it. And that yeah. was, and that's about, that's about the normal price. I feel like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, 
It's a big commitment. That's so great. So now you got the first scholarship and then you got a second scholarship. You said you had to get to 210 hours mm-hmm. for the second scholarship. Yes. All right. And then what was the Red Tail Flight Academy? What did they do and what scholarship did you get from them? So I've received two scholarships from the Red Tail Flight Academy. I received the scholarship for my instrument rating and then I received it for my commercial and basically, the whole legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen is what the Red Tail Fly Academy kind of instills in us. And that's what they're trying, they're trying to uphold the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen yeah. by black pilots and helping diversify the skies. So it's a really good program to be a part of. Um, it's a really good learning experience, too, to learn about them and everything they've done for our country and everything. So And how they paved the way for black aviators. Right. That's a really great story as well. So cool. All right. And is that, are you're doing all of your flying in the Maryland area? No, or... I do private in the Maryland area and now I'm in New York at Store International Airport. That's right. Okay. Oh, that's so cool. So what are you doing? Like, what's the next thing? Yeah. What is the next piece of your growth looking like? Right now, just getting my, just trying to focus on getting my CFI. It's a whole new, it's just a whole new way of flying. I feel like as I was talking to people, they're like, you just get so much more experience flying and teaching people versus just flying. So I'm excited to learn how to teach people because that's something that I was worried if I'm going to struggle with, but I actually think it's going to be fun. (laughs) I bet, yeah. And you get to like meet different types of people, learn different types of learning styles and that in turn will help you be a better pilot, I feel. So I'm really yep. excited to be getting my CFI. And also so I could like teach my family because my dad wants to learn. He's been wanting to be a pilot and I'm excited cool. to get say, yeah, I taught my dad to fly and we fly all the time. Or even like my young niece, um, she lives in Florida and she came to me the other day. She was like, I want to fly. I flew a sim today in class and I want to fly. And like, you, you, I'm a pilot. You're a pilot. I know that could teach me. I'm like, definitely. Like, of course I'll teach you how to fly. (laughs) That's so so good. Look, you're an inspiration already. Yeah, it's amazing. That is so wonderful. Oh, great. You said you were going to school Mm -hmm. at the same time you were trying to do your private. Have you, are you all focused only on the flying part of it now? Are you finished school or where is school at? So school right now is put on hold. I plan on returning back in the fall to get my associates in engineering. Like I said, I had went to college at first because I wasn't sure about being a pilot. And so I just went to school and I went to Morgan State and then transferred to the College of Southern Maryland uh, just so I could be closer to home while I do school and work. So I'm getting my associates in engineering and then I want to transfer to the University of Maryland to get my aeronautical engineering degree. And yeah, wow. I, have to, I have to put it on hold because um, it was just too much to do at one time. I think I was getting kind of overloaded, Yeah, um, which is okay. Like school is always going to be there and definitely get your degree. But I wanted to have this under my belt because I wanted to get started with what I really wanted to do in life kind of thing. I wanted to start getting my ratings and get the ball rolling on that. So then I can just work as like a CFI and then go to school and use the money from that to pay for my college degree. So Well, yeah, that's a great way to do it. And then because you can then, yeah, you can instruct others and that can be your job while you're building time 
and going to school. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Wonderful. So did I hear there was an internship as well coming down, down the line for you? Tell us about that. Yes. So I recently got an internship at IBM um, starting on the end of May. And I'm really excited about that because it's not like a normal internship. It's You kind of get experience in all the fields of aviation. From what I was told, I'll be shadowing different fields like the dispatcher's uh, department and the maintenance department and actually getting to learn about the systems of the aircraft they fly and going on trips. So I'm really excited about that internship. It's the opportunity of a lifetime for me, and I'm just very grateful to have received that. That is wonderful. That That's a great flight department, really good people there. Actually, I know the director of aviation. Really, really good guy. So yeah. Yeah. enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, and enjoy that very much. So very cool. So how about along the way? Let's talk about um, some of the struggles you had along the way. Maybe tell us about the top one or two struggles you've had. So in all realness, yeah, the, 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 I'll go into like what maneuver I struggle with and like far as what I struggle with personally, like with me and my confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the maneuvers that I struggled with when I was trying to get my private was the steep turn. And I remember just being always dizzy on it. I try to avoid it any chance I get. And everyone loves the steep turn. I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I could like never do it and I was just like I couldn't hold my altitude and I would always be off of my airspeed and I'm just like I can't do this and then it just took like you know going up and not giving up in repetition and then having different instructors explain it to me I finally got it okay and now I actually I actually don't mind them okay <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty fun to do but just that hurdle like everybody going into aviation whoever, like a student pilot listening right now, know that you're not going to be good at every single thing. There's going to be something that you struggle. You could be the best student and still struggle. Even the best students struggle with certain things in aviation, uh, whether it be landing or certain maneuvers that you just can't get. But just know that yeah. just don't give up on it. Just keep practicing, practicing. Chair fly, that really helped me a lot too. It may seem like a weird thing to do, like you're just staring at a wall and using your imagination, but it really helps to get those motor skills and those muscle memory while you're doing. And then you'd be surprised. You chair fly and then you go up on the plane and you'll do the maneuver perfectly. So Great my suggestion instilled that on me to chair fly. And mm-hmm. even if you have to print out like a poster so you don't feel weird looking at a wall while you're doing it, print out <laughs> a poster and definitely do that. And then um, other struggle I would say would just be um, confidence wise, like, um, just know whenever you're going for like anything like your solo or your first cross country solo or your check ride, your instructor would not sign you off if they didn't think you were ready. So trust in them that you're ready. Of course, if you don't, if you generally don't feel ready for like something like ask to go over it a little bit more. But with me, it wasn't a problem of whether I was ready or not. It was just like me, like my personal confidence. So you have to really have that confidence and still you be very confident. Like I know what I'm doing. I, I've been training yeah. I'm with my instructor doing it and they're not they're at that point like for your solo they're not teaching you anymore how to land they're just observing they're like a passenger so that's actually like one of the stories my instructor she forced me to solo because <laughs> I kept saying I was like I'm not ready I'm not ready she's like I'm getting off the plane <laughs> so I was just like but I'm like grateful for that because like I needed that push and sure. right after like I did my first landing I was like 
oh, this is so easy. Like, I've done this, like, multiple times. Just go into it. Like, a little bit of fear is okay just to keep you alert, but you Mm -hmm. just have that confidence in you that your instructor trains you well and that you can do it so that you don't, you know, waste money doing repeat lessons on something you know how to do kind of thing. So, Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Great reminder to us. If if we have instructors or somebody believes in us, there's a reason for it. Yeah. Because you really can do it. That's yeah. That's super good advice. Mm-hmm. What is maybe the most surprising aspect of any of your education or training so far? Most surprising thing I would say was when I was doing instrument and how real spatial disorientation is. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I remember the first time I took my instrument, like uh, an instrument flight. This wasn't in New York. This was in Maryland. And I was wearing the foggles, um, you know, the little coverings for everyone that doesn't know. It covers the sight of the outside, but you can only see your instruments. I was just, like, not trusting my instruments. And my instructor was like, why are you turning? Like, I was like, I'm not turning. I'm straight and level. Like, no, you're turning. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's like, look at your instruments. Like, you really have to adapt that scan. because. You can't just focus on one thing like, say, your focus, ATC tells you to climb, and now, now you're just focused on your altimeter, but then mm-hmm. you don't realize, okay, I'm in a bank too now. You gotta like really focus on that scan. When okay. I actually did get in a cloud, even though it was less, I have like not a lot of real IMC time, but just getting like that first real IMC time experience, it's just yep. like, you can't take off your foggles now you have to really rely on your instruments and that feeling is just really it's a weird feeling mm-hmm. it's like really strong but just know that the plane 99.9% of the right probably more than that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be right your body is not gonna be right so <laughs> just uh that would be the most surprising thing to me how real that is um how easy it is to get disorientated so sure. that's definitely a skill that's why I recommend for everybody even if you're a recreational pilot, get your IFR um, rating because uh-huh. you never know. It could be like you're flying one day to BFR and then some clouds roll in, some bad weather, and mm-hmm. that extra safety measure under your belt, um, knowing how to fly in weather, which is mm-hmm. what rating is for, is a good skill to have. Very good. Yeah, that's a good idea too. I never made it that far. I would have. I would have liked to have done that. Maybe I'll have to go back and do it one of these yeah, days. Yeah, definitely. It's just, uh, and it's fun. I have flying is fun. It makes, like I said, it makes me feel like I'm part of like the, the regional jets, like, you know, when they be telling you you're a mobile localizer and doing yeah. videos. <laughs> so That's really- so cool. And I was just thinking about how helpful that training that you've had will be in your life going forward for scheduling dispatch. We use those skills all the time. If you did go into maintenance, mechanic, AMP, I mean, it's going to be helpful there. It, you really have the right perspective of just trying to learn all the different pieces because it, it's only going to benefit you in the future. Yeah, I was just saying, like, people were to asking me, do you still want to get your degree? I'm like, of course, I still want to get my degree. Like, I just want to have as much knowledge about aviation as possible. And knowing actually, like, knowing what goes into building a plane and the safety measures that they take. Because we just recently visited the GE Aerospace facilities and the engineering yeah. that goes behind making those engines is like ridiculous. It's like, who came up with this kind of thing? So that's like, I want to learn like 
how does like how did their minds work with this and all the teamwork that goes into it and all the time and effort to make a safe flight happen people don't realize it's mm-hmm. like so many things that go into it not just not just the pilots flying but every little aspect of it it just all everything works together to create a safe working plane it's really amazing it is. And I think you really hit the nail on the head, the fact that many people don't understand all the different pieces that go into whether it's a commercial flight or a business flight or just a general aviation, you know, I'm going to go on vacation type of flight. You've got you've got maintenance, you have ground people, you've got, you know, flight planners, you've got ATC, you've got all of those people. It's, it's really a, a huge industry. So cool, though. How about where do you see technology? playing in the future of aviation so technology of aviation i feel like that in the future there will be like ai technology like you know um pilotless cockpits or pilotless flight decks Mm -hmm. Um, i don't think it will be in my lifetime i don't really think that would happen because like i said we're just now getting to self-driving cars and they can't even drive 100 percent by themselves you kind of have to still monitor so sure. I feel like the first step would be to have that AI technology flying the plane and then have a pilot monitor it. But then um, eventually, like in the way, way future, I feel like it's going to take a little bit, like a while to get to that full automated um, flight deck to where you don't need a pilot at all. Because it's going to take a, a few trial and errors. And even then, I still think they would have like two pilots monitoring if they did have that just in case something happened with yeah. the pilot monitoring. So sure. Maybe, I don't know the time frame of it, maybe like, would 100 years be too long? <laughs> I don't know. What do you you never know. You know, you never know. That's a good question. I see that our our technology is just growing leaps and bounds every year. And I don't know, it might be in your in your timeline, in your, uh, still in your lifetime. I mean, we're sending people to the moon. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll be doing that more more often these days. I don't know, but I think there is a nervousness factor that I think people are also going to have to get over because the driverless cars or perhaps the self-driving cars, I mean, people are nervous about that. I think it's going to be even more nervous about having an airplane, like you said, full of people without somebody technically flying the airplane. But I don't know. You know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool possibilities, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. Can't wait to see. I'm 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 gonna stick to just pilot. pilot. <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, that brings me to my next question. What is your ultimate goal? Where do you want to go with this career? If you could ha- do whatever you wanted, what would you like to do? I would um, do it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would, say I would do it all yeah. if I could, if I had enough time uh, to do it. But right now, my immediate goal right now is to be a commercial airline pilot. That's like the end goal right now. But I always tell people, I remember I would just get this question, like, what airline do you want to work for? And I'm like, whichever one, like, I don't have a definite (laughs) answer, but I'm like, whichever one I like the most, if I don't like the one that I go with, I can always switch to a different one. Even though, like, you know, the airlines are based off seniority, so you don't want to do that too much. But just like, I'm not limited to, I'm very open with what I'm going to do. Like, like I said, if I like the business side of aviation or being a dispatcher, I would go to that. If I get my AP mechanics license, I would do that. Even being, I even thought about one time being an air traffic controller. Yeah. <laughs> like my mind just like goes a lot. And my dad always has to tell me like, you know, do one thing, you know, <laughs> one 
one thing at a time. Right now, the immediate goal is to be in the airlines. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, me being in the business side of aviation, if you ever come this way, definitely let us know because this industry would be way better off with, with your with you on the business side, I think. So. Not that we don't want you on the commercial side too, but I'm a little bit, I guess, biased on that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. Well, Misha, it really has been a pleasure talking to you and learning all about where, you know, your journey and where you're headed to. And I really think that you've inspired some of our listeners. If they wanted to reach out to you and maybe talk to you more or get some suggestions, how would they do that? Yeah, so um, you can reach out to me via email. I, you're going to put it on the screen. Yeah, um, I'll pop it into the notes here. Misha.Harrigan at TAI-NY.org. Yeah, I'll be open to answer any questions that you guys have. Or if you want some advice or mentorship, I'm um, open to that too. So just let me know. Wonderful. That's awesome. Well, thank you again so much for your time, Misha. And Boy, we are definitely going to check in with you along the way because I want to hear how how the rest of your training goes and your degree and maybe your AMP license. So, Yeah, definitely. I'll let you know. <laughs> Great. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for more episodes and check out our website for up-and-coming podcasts. This has been a production of the Business Aviation Collective, sponsored by LD Aviation.